and that was it. I pulled over, the light was green, it was almost blinkers on like a movie, you're not really aware of your surroundings. I pulled over safely though, I put the hazards on and I just roared and I roared at her like a lion that was trapped in a cage. And that roar came from a deep unmet need. Hello, and welcome to Behind the Mother Mask. I'm your host, Annie Breen, registered nutritional therapist, master NLP practitioner, and transformational coach for exhausted mums who don't feel enough. My mission with this podcast is to lead with vulnerability by starting to lift the psychological mask you wear each day that protects you and others from the stuff that's hard to explain and talk about. It's about sharing from the middle, not just the open wounds or the healed scabs, but the messy middle. Let's go for honesty over perfection, because I believe when you transform yourself, you automatically transform your relationships and parenting by passing down wisdom, not wounds. So if you're up for that, you definitely don't need to do it alone. I'm here to lead you on what could be the greatest adventure of your life, behind the mother mask, back home to yourself. Hello, how are you? And welcome back to episode four. I was actually priming this one on Instagram, social media is episode six. So if you saw the video of me talking about episode six, this is it. It's actually episode four. And maybe you haven't because the algorithms are not my friend. Anyway, I hope this is reaching you well. Today, I'm going to get stuck in talking about anger and how anger actually can show us our values, what's important to us. And to become a calmer parent, I know that's important to you to be able to access calm in those kind of heat of the moments (laughs) or just anyway. We absolutely have to acknowledge anger. And I believe that anger actually holds the path to peace. And that might sound quite odd, but I'm going to share a story with you and I'm going to share my reflections on that. So if you feel like you lose your temper, that you go about feeling mildly irritated a lot of the time, or maybe sometimes you experience rage and that is soul crushing after and you beat yourself up and you feel awful, this is for you. I hope this is helpful. Before we get stuck in though, I just wanted to share a few reflections since starting the podcast. Now, the first one is a massive acknowledgement to you if you have your own business and are a mum. But anyway, if you work and you're a mum, if you have other stuff, if you have a life and you're a mum, <laughs> because one of my fears of launching the podcast was not having enough episodes banked in case I ran out of time and space to record them. And actually, I'm kind of in that situation. We've broken up for school holidays in Scotland. I'm in England at the moment, having two weeks off, kind of. (laughs) And it's stressful. It's stressful. I'm now in real time. So I'm up to date 
and with my episode so this one will be the next one you hear if that makes sense I've used up my bank of episodes and I was beginning to feel a little bit anxious and you know what it's like you get into it you get into the zone to create the zone I need to create space so a lot of these episodes require planning and reflection and actually recording them ain't too bad because we're going for honesty over perfection aren't we here so we're just shooting from the hip but I do plan them because I want to share some real situations and stories but I also want to give you a few learnings and things that you can take forward and start to think about and implement in your life so it's important to me to have that time and for me who needs about 20 meters of space I need one of those tabards that say pass wide and slow that you have on riders on horses (laughs) it's quite hard to get that and you know I'll be settling down to do a little bit of planning and you'll hear the little voice I need mama I've had a poo I'm hungry I need mama mama is the only one that will do And of course, you prioritize your children. But what tends to happen is we've got this kind of scattered energy where we're doing, we're trying to get in the zone of one thing and then something else is demanding our resources. And it's not so much, you know, we talk about kind of wearing different hats. For me, it's different energy states and different value sets. And I'm going to touch on values today. But actually shifting that gear from one energy state to another is exhausting. It takes energy. And, you know, sometimes we'll just kind of surrender and say, you know, I'm just going to do it when they're asleep. And you get to that point, maybe they are asleep. You know, maybe by miracle they have gone to bed. Bonnie's been staying up to about 11. Um, <laughs> and you do have the time and you do have the space. But maybe your resources are so drained or that ability to shift back into that gear, that state that enables you to have clarity and focus and is hard. So I just want to acknowledge that it's hard. And you know what? This is real life. I'm living life by the seat of my pants. There are some weeks that I get more on it and I get more prepared and other weeks it's just like, go with it. This is real life, baby. The second thing I wanted to share is I don't really work with mums. Not talking to you as a mum. Say what? Maybe you're like, I'm on the wrong podcast. I am and I'm not. I'm talking to the person behind the mum, behind the mother mask, hence the title. And I've realized this when I reflect over some of my um, like Instagram posts and just, you know, podcast recordings. It's about you. And actually, when I work with my clients and when I reflect over my experiences. Most of the problems that I see are not created by motherhood. They're revealed by them. They are things that go back. We are very aware of the symptoms and the behaviors that motherhood seems to bring out of us because our coping strategies are limited. Our sleep, our rest, our space is stripped back. So what is left is the truth. And that's that's what I see and that's what I feel. But ultimately where that started the root cause if you like is going back it's going back to early on early childhood our imprinting when we were learning watching what we were being modeled the connection with our caregivers 
what we were taught about the world, our belief systems, our values, and how we attach that to our identity. You know, it's this is why I absolutely love working with trauma. And it's my biggest wound. It's the most familiar thing to me. And I think it holds the answers for so much peace and feeling more energy and reclaiming your identity because what tends to happen is we discount it we don't think that we've had trauma unless we have had an obvious big bang event a significant event we don't really consider the drip fed moments that make us feel over time like we're not enough or we doubt ourselves we're not good enough we don't fit in we need to prove ourselves and if you think if that is imprinted early on what we do through life is we build stories around that and we make it into a fact and then we come into motherhood you strip back all your kind of distractions your coping mechanisms your sleep and your ability to take some time out and all this stuff bubbles up so you might be experiencing there's lots of symptoms of this this kind of hidden mother load these unresolved stresses or traumas but ultimately We're talking about that feeling of unease in your nervous system, not feeling at home in your own skin. And that kind of follows you around. It's almost like the ghosts in the walls, like there's someone walking behind you. And maybe you've tried changing your diet, taking supplements, doing meditation, open water swimming, all that stuff. All these things are amazing and they really work. But it's a little bit putting a Band-Aid on a shotgun wound if we're not dealing with the unresolved trauma at the root. And that's where I love to work. I absolutely love it. It's not about going back and dragging up all this kind of can of worms or whatever, but it's looking at things from a different perspective through fresh eyes. And it's being able to transform these strong emotions and stories associated with that memory into something more life-giving, something more positive, which is what I'm going to talk about today. And actually underneath those layers of shit is normally where your greatest resources are. So if that resonates at all. This is for you. And the the last thing that I just wanted to share is it's really, really hard being yourself. It's actually risky or it feels it. And I'm learning this as I kind of lift my mother mask slowly and I'm more honest and open because you do worry what people are going to think or they're going to criticize me. Have I said too much? Am I oversharing? And isn't it crazy that it's hard to be yourself? So I absolutely appreciate how hard this is. And with my message about being more open and honest, obviously there's an environment that creates more safety to do that. And I'm hoping through this platform that I can be your voice. If you are struggling and you don't even feel maybe within the home or within your family unit that it's safe to open up or that you can or you don't understand your emotions to put words to it and it all feels very overwhelming and you feel stuck in your head then I'm hoping that I can be your voice and over time provide some tools and insights and reframes that helps you show up in your most authentic way and this takes time it's a process it's a skill to master it's not something that we just quickly fix and then right we could just be ourselves it takes time and I'm finding this with the podcast and also what I just want to say as well as struggling to actually you know find time to run my business and be a mum and and 
juggle that shite, I also have regular emotional breakdowns. Now, I've kind of reframed these. They're more rooted in self-doubt. And what I understand is rather than breaking down in despair and being overwhelmed and over controlled, if you like, by my emotions, which happened in the past and just feeling paralyzed by them and stuck in this really dark space, like this hole, this cloud was over me that I just couldn't see um, clearly through. Now it's coming from a place of growth. So the more that you kind of take the red pill matrix style and you go down that rabbit hole and you go down that rabbit hole of like self-discovery and personal growth, actually, you're going to find more, you're going to grow, you're going to evolve, you're going to move forward. And through that, you're going to um, discover layers upon layers upon layers, but it becomes easier because it becomes an adventure more than this kind of dark hole of doom and despair actually you're learning more about yourself which allows you to trust yourself and that empowers you and you've got the tools to be able to navigate forward so it's part of growth so I have these kind of little mini breakdowns where I'll just like cry (laughs) and it is very rooted in self-doubt what I've learned about this is it's my body needing to release And what's really, really important to acknowledge, if you feel that maybe you're sensitive, you feel your environment intensely, you cry quite a lot, you can get quite sad, is to think about your environment. Because for me, what we've managed to do, and this is really big, is through doing this work, we've created an environment where we can be ourselves, where Dan and I, we're not without problem or conflict, or we don't have like arguments not that we don't have arguments now and again or discussions we're very much on the same page and we are a team and there's a very different energy about that that no matter what comes at us we can talk about it we can share and we can kind of work through it together and I appreciate that I'm going to be speaking to people in different dynamics and environments But no matter what, you can create your team, whether that's within the household or outside. So when I've been in an environment where um, I don't feel seen or I am different or whatever, that's when I normally have these little self-doubt hangovers or vulnerability hangovers. So it's really important to consider what's gone on before, what environment have you been in and who have you been around? And actually now I'm able to harness that as like power to drive me forward and sometimes we have to release from our body in order to let in the new it's like clearing out the internal closet let that shit be released let it go (laughs) so that we have room for the new so I'm grateful for my little emotional kind of breakdowns or my self-doubt meltdowns because they help me come back to myself and check in with myself it's very different to being in this crisis of feeling like you can't go on I just want to differentiate that which is where I've also been so for me it's growth as you grow stuff will come up and instead of thinking oh fuck you think ah what's the opportunity here life is happening for me not to me and that is huge so I just because I'm speaking to you at different parts of your journey it's important for me just to acknowledge that so okay start where you are is what I say okay so I'm just going to tell you a little story and we're going to focus on value and values and anger 
and about a month ago I think it was we it was a weekend and don't know about you but weekends aren't what they were where you kind of worked hard and then you play hard and it's like yeah you've got a nice weekend to do whatever you want ain't like that um from our family's point of view anyway when the structure goes um I feel like we all fall apart a little bit of having ADHD or anything with disorder on the end I need order I need some structure I need some framework that's not about rigidity and having everything overly planned absolutely not but it's about having an intention more than anything so we arrived at the weekend a little bit kind of loose planned and interestingly I felt fabulous I'd woken up I think I was in the luteal phase of my cycle and I've touched on this before and I will do an episode on it for those who have heard me talk about the PMDD that I was experiencing. And I think that had gone on for many years and was significant in my postnatal struggles, along with ADHD. Again, D, D on the end. And this this morning that I'm talking about, I felt balanced. I felt energized. I felt good. And I felt strong and I had been, have been, and still am committed to balancing my hormones, working on my nervous system, working on my cellular health. So I have been doing quite a lot of things. Um, They're not hard, but they involve like, you know, taking certain supplements that are very targeted to my needs, honoring my need for movement and also exercise as well so they're kind of you know the things that we know but I know why I'm doing it because I've got the scientific evidence from the tests and it's it all kind of adds up to me so I think that just makes you feel a little bit more committed so I felt really good I was in the kitchen I was taking some selfies (laughs) faffing around my phone flexing my muscles thinking I'm going to put this on Instagram just to share a win um, because this is transformational really when we think about how um, despairing PMDD can be it can take you to some really dark places it can feel like two weeks of the month you're just down this rabbit hole of doom and gloom so to not feel like that is worth celebrating but you know what is a parenting challenge with your child to knock you off your PMDD success pedestal because I was faffing around in the house Bonnie was outside Dan was outside and I think they they came in but anyway it got to the point where we needed to go out we wanted to go out and unfortunately not very attractive offer it was a trip to Sainsbury's but we just needed to get out the house Dan and I felt trapped in the house and we needed to change our environment I've mentioned before that I feel my environment so I don't see mess I feel it or I feel clutter and I need about 20 meters space I feel people in my energy field around 20 meters I'll explain how I found that out another time so we just needed to get out and Bonnie as it happened had a different agenda now also a little bit more context to this story is we've been working with an amazing parenting coach and this is very much focused on our personal development and being better and doing better for Bonnie so it's really looking at ourselves and from that deeper understanding being able to regulate ourselves being able to be in our bodies and being able to connect with ourselves and hold space for Bonnie and it's 
magical. And I'll have Fiona on at some point um, on the podcast because I think, you know, I know she will be very valuable um, to listen to. So we were aware of some of these things um, and we tried different things with getting Bonnie out the house. We'd missed a few things on reflection, which I'll talk about, but it worked to a certain degree, but then it didn't. And then what happens is for me is I get in that unresourceful state when I feel trapped that's when my emotional state shifts and I just need to get out and it's hard to access those resources and have that patience and be in that present moment when you're feeling that way so I think what happened is I just picked her up and carried her but that wasn't nice that was forced and it didn't feel right and it was out of desperation and I think I remember saying to her something along the lines you don't realize what I'm doing for you. I'm trying to sort all this stuff out around schools. So here, just to mention, when we're triggered, a lot of the time we respond, not from that moment of just needing to get from A to B, but from our whole history, going back to what I talked about, that whole backstory of our life, coupled with our mother load. So This was off the back of a real intense time of Bonnie not wanting to go to school, us looking at different kind of options, nutrition. She wasn't eating well, which was having a profound impact on her health. I was working with another nutritional therapist to help there. So I was investing all this time, energy and resources into her, um, a lot of which she couldn't see because she she just wants us. Um, And also helping her with her big emotional kind of outbursts so there was a lot going on there's a lot we were doing as parents behind the scenes as well as trying to run a business as well as trying to be a a mum wife friend as well as trying to heal um generational trauma you know So we don't just respond from the moment, we respond from our whole motherload, our whole history. And you can probably relate to this. You, If you don't say it out loud, you're saying it in your head, you, you probably say you don't realize what I'm doing for you. Because we do so much that they don't see, they don't really care, because all they want is us and our time and our attention. Now, something else, I'd been doing this course that week around my business and developing my business and growing my business. And um, there was this exercise that the the guy did, the coach did, and he's NLP trained as well as me. So this really kind of hit home to me. It sang true. But he he took us through this visual, visualization of being on the beach and the context of it was not worrying what people think and stepping forward into your power, into your purpose and helping the people that you're here to to serve rather than putting barriers in place in terms of I'm not good enough or imposter syndrome or I need all these things in place before I can do it and just actually giving impact, you know, being of service. So we, we had to imagine walking down a beach and it was a deserted beach and there was someone in the sea and they were waving their hand they were in trouble and he said what would you do in that moment now if I'm very honest like I wasn't fully immersed in this visualization (laughs) I got it I got it um my initial thought was 
do I have my phone on me to call someone to at least say that I'm going in because I'm not a very good swimmer. And my concern is that I might drown and not be of help at all. Now, a lot of the other people, whether they're being honest or not, were like, yeah, we just go in, we just save them. You wouldn't think twice. And the whole point was you apply that to your to your business that even if it's one person you're helping you're you're changing the world that's enough there's people out there that need you they're drowning in their problems so all of that concept that makes sense but for me I I don't know if it's my neurodiverse brain was like "Mm, would I need to ring someone do I just go in but then I imagined it being Bonnie and I was in there was no hesitation so if it was her I'd be there. I would not think about anything. And that for me hit home of why I do what I do is she is a huge reason why. And we do as mothers, as parents, so much for our kids that maybe they don't see. And maybe we feel like we're drowning at times because we love them. And it makes me think of this quote about passion, the willingness to suffer for what you love. There is a huge, there's a very fine line between passion and pain. So I just wanted to drop that in because it will be relevant shortly. (laughs) So anyway, it all kind of went downhill from there. And um, Bonnie wanted to get back out of the car. She was crying. Dan took her back to get her teddy. She didn't really want to get teddy. She wanted to go back into the house. Then Dan brought her out. And we ended up kind of forcing her into the car and shutting the door, which felt wrong, and locking it from the inside because otherwise she was trying to get out. And talking about this feels it's definitely not how I want to show up, but it's the truth. And I think it's important to share. And as you can imagine, the anger was rising because I was feeling trapped. I was feeling out of control, like I helpless that I didn't have agency over the situation. I couldn't make it better, but I was desperate to meet my need um, to get out for freedom, for variety. And I was driving. So we're driving along and you're just then hijacked by your nervous system. Anger is a very physical and sort of action focused emotion that I've probably spoken about it before but the body hears everything the mind says so the body responds to our thoughts and if we're feeling trapped and anger is the response that anger is coming up from your body 90% more than what is coming down 90% of the message from our body come up um, from a place of adrenaline, cortisol, and inflammation. And I think inflammation and anger are massively connected because then you almost just see red and you're in fight, not even flight. It's the fight. It's that fight. You come across that lion and you're going into battle. Maybe not a lion, that might be more flight, but you need to literally move your body to fight, to find resolution to your stress response. But what if you can't? What if you're stuck in your car as I was? So it was building up. And then I got to like near Tesco's and this orange crock came flying at my head. And that was it. I pulled over. The light was green. It was almost blinkers on like a movie. You're not really aware of your surroundings. I pulled over safely though. I put the um, hazards on. And I just roared 
and I roared at her like a lion that was trapped in a cage. And that roar came from a deep unmet need. That was not about Bonnie, bless her. That was not about Bonnie. That was coming from this deep unmet value set. And from that, I actually got out the car and walked. Interestingly, I gave myself exactly what I needed, even though it felt abandoning or avoidant. I needed to move because I needed to move and process that anger out of my body. So I actually have taken some time since that happening to reflect on it. Because I know from working with other mums, people, um, (laughs) that I'm not alone. And I've heard so many stories over the years of mums just going nuclear, almost having this rage. And it feeling almost like it just takes over. But when you actually de-layer it and go to the root, often what's at the root is a cry to be seen and a cry for peace. So this is what I did on this occasion, is I reflected over where this was coming from. Anger is a wonderful teacher. I absolutely love the the phrase that anger is a powerful catalyst for change, but a life-sucking companion i.e. we don't want to live with it. If we suppress our anger, and I think so many women do, it's almost like we repackage it as socially acceptable sadness. I heard Elizabeth Day say that the other day, that it's more socially acceptable to be sad and cry than it is to get angry. But what happens is if we live with it and we carry it around and we suppress it, it tends to grow but it also manifests in our physical health and our emotional well-being. And it's one of our biggest energy and spirit zappers. Another thing with anger is it normally, for me, usually masks a more complex set of emotions that are either harder to recognize or name or talk about. And Brené Brown talks about this in Atlas of the Heart, usually things like grief, regret, and shame. So for me, it was to look at where it was coming from. And I remember as a kid, and this is not, like I said, one big ban event. This is drip fed moments over time, over the course of my life of not feeling seen. Now I was loved and I was given opportunity. Um, I had the horses and I kind of followed in my mum's footsteps, but it wasn't really who I was at soul level. It wasn't my own desire. I wanted to do other things. So when you're kind of put on a path and you follow that path and on the outside, it looks privileged, but on the inside, it feels misaligned like out of congruence with who you are you start to feel not seen so I had this real craving for significance and that might sound egotistical but actually significance is a massive human need it's a basic human need to be seen most of us just want to be seen for who we are and heard and acknowledged so for me I didn't feel seen I also felt trapped And that was another thing when you're kind of set on this path and you can't really be you and you're scared as a child because if you don't do 
what's expected of you. Maybe you're not going to be loved. You're going to disappoint. It's that fear of abandonment. So you end up kind of fitting in boxes or towing the line, doing things that doesn't align. Ultimately, that can make you feel trapped. And for me, those two things that came up was the need for significance and freedom. That I was stuck in this car. It wasn't really about Bonnie, but it was that kind of response from the deep suppressed history, the ghosts in the walls. And actually we can take this back further and we can go back generationally. For me, now I understand my history a bit more and story that actually I come from a line of people who felt trapped, like they had no way out, no option. So this really speaks to me. Now I have more of an idea of where it's coming from. And I feel this is so empowering. And now you can start to look at what it's showing you. Okay, so in that moment, what was really important to me was significance, freedom, self-expression, being able to express myself and how I was feeling, variety, because being stuck in the house was boring. Um, I wanted to go and do something different. Connection, because I want to go out with my family and connect with them in a different environment and have a bit of fun. So that leads me on to fun. I wanted connection. I wanted fun. But also I wanted ease and I wanted peace. I wanted to be able to just get from A to B without a big kind of fight or negotiation or some kind of like hiccup or block in the road. So isn't it interesting when you pull back the layers that often anger is a sec is masking a secondary emotion that is rooted in maybe grief and shame grief for the childhood that maybe you didn't have or the relationships you didn't have, even if you had a good childhood on the outset, maybe there was connection missing. Maybe then you felt shame that you weren't good enough to be um, connected with or loved in that way or how we understood it at the time. And then we've got our values that are important to us now that are not being met. So anger is an emotion that really needs to be transformed into something life-giving. And what I mean by that is if we internalize it, it eats away at our soul and our energy and inner peace. If we externalize it all the time and lose our shit all the time, we're really getting in the way of connection and forging meaningful relationships, but also creating change and moving forward so we can feel stuck. But if we transform it, we learn where it's come from, we learn what it's showing us, what's important to us, we can transform it into almost the vehicle or the values that are going to help us step forward. Maybe that's courage, being you and showing up, saying yes to that thing, taking that step, meeting your need. Maybe it's love and being more open in our relationships and how we show love children love is about what we do not what we say maybe it's about justice and something you're pissed off about what I'll tell you I did a Tony Robbins exercise a while ago we had to write down all the things we're passionate about that was okay but then we had to write down all the things we hate it <laughs> that was easier a lot of our passion comes from what we don't like, the injustices in the world, things that we want to change. If we look back in history over women who have 
changed the world, who have been significant in history, giving us what we have today, they were pissed off. They were angry activists and they harnessed that and transformed it into courage and justice and change. So I think it's powerful to be able to understand it, understand your needs and then transform it into something life-giving. I think that's a wonderful way to see it. So what I invite you to do is identify the values that are not being met. Think about a time that maybe you were pissed off, angry, there was rage and think about what were you craving? What did you need? And I just want to touch on this quickly before I'm I'm nearly done is my need for significance, freedom, self-expressions of being myself, variety, connection, ease, peace and fun were probably Bonnie's needs as well. Because what we later found out is all she wanted was to play with her dad for a little bit before we went out. So she wasn't feeling seen. She wasn't feeling connected, included, significant. She wanted to have a bit of fun because she loves to play. So children do tend to show you your own needs. And anger is the catalyst to that. I'm not saying we have to get angry to find this shit out. I'm just saying that if this is you and you can relate to this, then this might be helpful in looking at it from this angle. So just to finish with then, think about your values, what are not being met, what's important to you, and then use them to set the intention of the day. So today, how can I meet my need for freedom, peace, fun, connection? Because then we're almost starting the day in of the energy of what do I want from the day, not just letting the day take you away. And I, I'm a big fan of bigger vision setting and like having that compelling future. I think if we don't have that bigger vision, we're all we're trying to do is get out the fucking car without our kid chucking a shoe at our head. So we need to have that bigger picture of where we're heading. But to start with, I think it's really helpful just to have that intention, which is all about meeting your values. The second thing is um, there's a little exercise that Fiona shared with me, which I think is so simple and brilliant. And that is just saying to yourself, you can journal on it or you can just talk to yourself. Anger is. So she said to me, anger is. And she kept saying it. And I just answered and you just keep going. And it's for me, it was anger is a cry for help. Anger is a need to be seen. Anger is coming from a deeper need. So you just keep going. And if you journal on that, you'll start to get to the root of where it's coming from. I think it's really simple. It's really effective. You can do it at home. And then I'm just going to finish off by sharing the amazing Brené Brown summary of anger. They're actually the same as mine. Like I I couldn't say any better. So if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, So three things she'd learned from anger from her Atlas of the Heart book. And these are probably my learnings too, is number one, it often masks emotions that are more difficult to name or own, like grief, regret, shame. Number two, anger is a powerful car indicator that tells you to pull over and check things out. I mean, I was literally in the car. And if we think about it, when those flashy lights go off, it needs a service. We need to check shit out. 
So if we can look at ourselves and anger in the same way, that's when we can start to look at our values and our unmet needs. So that's what I mean by checking things out. The third thing is anger is response to witnessing or experiencing pain, injustice and struggle. So it can be a powerful catalyst for change. But by definition, catalyst sparks change. It's not the change. And I think that's so important to harness it and transform it into something life-giving rather than allow it to be a life-sucking companion. So before we come to the end of this episode, there's just a few final points that I wanted to share. And one of them is I mentioned that I got out the car and I walked. Now, we've not really covered the practical tools of um, finding resolution to anger or overwhelming emotions. And we will do in another episode. But what I just wanted to say about that is for me, being able to move my body allows me to shift that emotional state that I felt stuck in. Because if we think about it, our psychology and physiology are interconnected. So if we feel stuck in our head and these strong emotions by moving our body and our physiology, we allow, we find resolution. We're able to work through those stress hormones that have been released, the cortisol, the adrenaline, the inflammation, and basically signal to the body that it's safe, that the tiger has gone. Um, and a little bit of research I really love on this is, I think it's related to Bessel van der Kolt's work from The Body Keeps the Score, but it was looking at the Twin Towers and it was looking at people who had to be carried away from that event in a stretcher compared to those that had to physically run to escape. And what was interesting is the people that were kind of bound down on the stretcher and carried away had longer lasting or more significant experiences of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, compared to those that had to physically run. And what they found is that the memory that had been stored in the body, it was almost like the people that were held down or made were still, were trapped in that memory of trauma. So it imprinted on the body, they weren't able to escape as much as those that ran literally did what they were designed to do and that running signaled the body that they had removed themselves from the trauma or the stress or the threat and that they were safe and I find that so so interesting that when we look at trauma often we tend to get trapped in the memory or the age of who we were when that happened and actually movement can be significant when we think about somatics and yoga and all these different techniques and exercises are really really powerful so not to underestimate the power of of movement and then the next thing is when I came back, when I came back, so I went for a walk, I walked for about an hour. Um, Dan had carried on driving with Bonnie. I think he'd pulled over and he'd, he'd got some toys out and he'd done this kind of role play with her toys um, to find out what her needs were and what was going on behind the behavior for Bonnie. Um, so I just kind of walked in this low blood sugar state because I was really hungry and exhausted because this stuff is tiring and when I got back I just I went into the shed 
because I still needed a bit of separation and they went back anyway but I just sat and I put my head on the desk and just kind of was in this kind of numb state because all of this what I'm telling you is on reflection (laughs) when you're in it you're in it and I looked at my phone and I just happened to see this tragic news story about this dad in Wales who had gone in to save his kids that got in trouble in the water in the sea I think I don't know the full story I just kind of looked at the headline and unfortunately they they drowned he didn't make it I don't think the kids did either but I don't know all the details and he's been sort of named this this hero and absolutely tragic and heroic And it just made me think back to that exercise, that visualization about going in. If it was Bonnie in the water, I wouldn't even hesitate. I'd be after her. I'd rescue her. And it was almost this kind of mixed emotion of grief and acceptance that I'm always going to go in after her. I'm always going to be her lifeboat. But actually going back to that quote about passion the willingness to suffer for what you love she doesn't need me to drown and fortunately she doesn't need rescuing those kind of events don't come up thank god very often sometimes not at all in our lifetime so she doesn't need me to drown in pursuit of rescuing her because she is safe what she needs is me to harness that passion energy and really direct it into something life-giving. And that starts with fulfilling my value set. Because if I can do the things each day and embody and implement and take action on the things that are important to me, I'm going to feel safe in my body. I'm going to feel filled up. I'm going to feel fulfilled. I'm going to feel energized. And that shit ripples outwards. I have more capacity and space to hold space and give to her. And that's what she needs. So also when I'm in that state and my values are being met, I'm more able to repair the situations of where there's rupture. And that's exactly what happened is that later on, I apologized to Bonnie. I even acted it out with a teddy, a bit buckaroo style by putting loads of things on the teddy and just say, sometimes mummies, daddies, parents have a lot going on that you can't see. And it can make them snap (laughs) and roar. And it's not about you. So we were able to apologize and she apologized. And me and Bonnie, you know, I think it's really, really important to explain to them in a age appropriate way. And even if it is acting things out, whatever works, what happened to repair the reason why it's the repair, because they understand they feel safer and this stuff is messy as you can see me trying to explain it I'm I'm trying to find my words it ain't smooth and perfect it's messy work but think about were you apologized to as a kid 
you know, it's really owning where we mess up and it's okay to mess up because it teaches them. It's okay. You, you learn from these mistakes, they're learning opportunities. And I think the repair is so valuable, but it's so hard to do if we're feeling depleted, exhausted, like our needs aren't being met, invisible. So life-giving to ourselves is actually life-giving to our children. And with Bonnie, there's kind of this mm-hmm. unspoken bond as well, where I'll just hug her and she'll melt into me and I'll just kiss her head because there's something about the smell of her hair, even though she doesn't wash it. <laughs> so I think that is it. And I hope that that has been helpful. What I would like to say to finish up on is let me know if you've got any questions of this. If there's something I said that you'd like to know a little bit more, if you'd like to hear about finding resolution to the stress response more physically and practically, um, just drop me a message. If you would like to come on, if you have a story that you want to share, remember this is sharing from the messy middle. It could be something that you've overcome in your life. I would love to hear that. It could be something you're working through now. It could be something that you're stuck with. You know, this could be a little coaching conversation as well. But my invitation is for you to step up for yourself and to share. And that can be really, really liberating because then we give permission to others to do the same. So let me know if you'd like to come on. And the very, very final thing is if this has resonated, but you feel stuck, that you need some help to explore some of this stuff, and you would like to free yourself from these stories that hold you stuck, these limiting beliefs, these unresolved trauma that kind of eat away at your peace and energy, then contact me. I am taking on one-to-one clients at the moment, soon to launch my new program. So just drop me a message and we can have a chat and I will be back next week with another episode so have a wonderful week and get in touch with me if you have any questions and take care okay bye